Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics right here on Blog Talk Radio. And you know what? 
what we do to alumni in recovery and just being in recovery, you know, we know. I mean, I just know that alcohol and drugs, just substances, do not work for me and quenches that spiritual force. How do you feel about that? I think you're 100%. I love your energy, Nancy. You are always so full of life and excitement, and you're so passionate about everything. Um, I definitely, and I'm, I'm not laughing at you. I want you to know that I just love that you can lift me up. Even when I'm not feeling great, I feel great about, uh, you know, just you, what you can do. I, you know, I, I think it's really important. I think that, but I think that recovery gives the, us the ability to do that. You know, I, I, you know, it's like when you say that you wish the whole world had a 12-step program. I wish the whole world had a 12-step program. No kidding. You know? I know. I know exactly what you're saying. So mm-hmm. we were going to talk about surrender just for a bit. And, uh, you know, and there's no doubt that Morgan's story, once we, you know, open up with this topic, we'll just, it's always about surrender. So her story <laughs> will just flow, fly, flow right on in. <laughs> but here, so that was a funny noise. I just heard a that funny was weird, noise. So, totally. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So here we go. So this is what I was yeah. thinking. And, you know, you know, Kathy, you and I share spiritual quotes in the daytime and in the morning. Every day we're sharing something. We've been doing that for yeah. over a year. So here's mine today. Surrender yeah. is a verb. Surrender is a verb. It is not an act of humiliation, but an action of humility. Knowing that I am human and I need help. The omnipotent power that holds the planets in the sky can hold me in a space of goodness and well-being. My humanness requires me to ask for help when I'm out of alignment with the higher good, when I'm confused and bewildered and afraid. As I ask, I recognize this guiding force and take hold of its lifeline. The path is laid out. And I can take action and walk it. Wow. That's what I'm feeling about surrender. That's amazing. That's, that's you know, pretty heavy. Well, here's the thing, Cal. And, you know, I, I was thinking about, you know, where we're at in our society, you know, and, and, you know, I was, an, I was an alcoholic dream, you know, that was my drug of choice was really alcohol, you know, we, mm-hmm. you know, you mm-hmm. and I are from an era that, you know, opioids weren't on the scene, you know, they just, mm-hmm. the, the pill, the pill thing was not on the scene, but, you know, alcohol was, and, you know, so, so, you know, there's, there's alcoholic bottoms, there's opioid bottoms, there's benzodiazepine bottoms, unfortunately, the the pills are causing, you know, it's a dangerous fatality now, you know, so it's yeah. not something that we want to play around with. So that's why I feel it's so urgent for us to show up with our purpose today, you know, show up with our purpose that because we've been able to, you know, walk the path through the, the doors of surrender. I thought when I surrendered, like, you know, that I wasn't going to have any more fun anymore without, you know, alcohol, you know, without smoking pot, you know, what's, you know, what's my life going to look like, you know, right. I just was like, I wasn't going to have any fun. And, you know, God had other plans, you know, God, God, it's like that, 
it's like that metaphor, you know, of, you know, when, when you see that picture of, of Jesus knocking on the door, you know, th- that picture, that visual, you know, it's like, you know, we all have that ability just by asking for help, by knocking on the door. Yeah. What's on the other side? It's like, open up the door. It's like, you know, we're, it can be so scary this moment, you know, that we're in, and not just when we quit drinking, but any given day. You know, and then we knock on the door and we just know that, you know, that faith is faith is what I, I flow with, you know, but I have to surrender and ask for help because my humanness demands that of me. I don't know. I think surrender is a really tough word. Um, uh, I think, well, for me, it was, I think, because um, I think I've, I tried to get sober a couple of times, you know, and probably not really in a way that. I was really, you know, doing it, but I, you know, I think asking for help was huge for me. I'm not an asking for help kind of person. So to get uh, humble enough to ask for help, uh, I, I think it took a beat down. You know, I had to, I had to hit a couple of little bottoms before I really finally hit one that um, I, I guess humbled me enough to ask for help. And, uh, and sometimes I have to, uh, if I'm going to speak my truth, I think that I was, it was really taken from me in a lot of ways too, getting a DWI. Um, so I'm not really sure if it was me doing it, but I guess I could have coasted along and just uh, kept drinking and I chose to get sober. But um, I think surrender is, it's probably one of the biggest things we do, you think, when we get sober yeah. is to surrender, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I, so. Mm-hmm. But, but don't, you know, I, I was thinking about it because, like, let's see. Today I had a couple of moments where I just felt like we just, you know, oh, my gosh, no. I mean, when's it going to, like, stop type of, you know, I mean, whatever's going on in my head and, you know, whatever mm-hmm. stressors that I have within my day. And, and I've had a couple challenging days with, you know, maybe let's just call it a lot on my, you know, and I yeah. just didn't feel mm-hmm. like you know, and the good news is I have the power of choice and many opportunities to, you know, choose the next right action. But, but, but I really, truly have found that by allowing myself to live this sober life, which I, which I have to do because I know that I cannot, I know that I would not drink successfully, you want to call it that, or even like <laughs> just socially acceptable. I just don't think right. that that's within my domain. And plus, I don't want to pick up a substance because, you know, they always say it'll lead you back to, you know, where you are at. But at the same time, I've got this responsibility for all these people that I love and care about and a whole organization of alumni and recovery. And it's a great thing to be responsible for. But that, but that, you know, sometimes to live sober and have to go through the feelings, you know what I mean? Just have to really just allow yourself to ride through the feeling without picking up a substance, you know. Mm. It, it just does require sometimes a lot of faith. But surrender, as which I have t- done time and time again, and it is an act of humility, not humiliation, that I mm. have to allow myself to let go and join the winning team. And for me to join the winning team, like they do, like on a battlefield, is really just, you know, God's grace, my higher power's grace, which presents itself most often in the care of those that are sober too, that I 
encircled and and folded myself within. Wow. Yeah, that's what, you know, actually, I, uh, I think that today I, you know, I don't know if I look at it so deeply. I, you know, I too had a really just cruddy day today. I wasn't feeling so great. And I, I felt overwhelmed and I thought I had to surrender to just giving myself five minutes of peace and being okay with not being okay, you know? So sometimes for me, life is just that simple, you know, that, you know, surrendering to taking care of myself a little bit um, and not pushing through just to push through is something I have to look at a lot of times too, you know? Um, so I think I took that out of context as far as at least with the recovery, but uh, I I choose to be around um, sober people today and I choose to surrender because it's the best option for me. You know what I mean? Mm. I, I love being, uh, I, I love the word um, humility and uh, being humble. I think that the, the growth of, of recovery is that place where you get to, where you can say, wow, I love my imperfections. I'm human. I make lots of mistakes. Um, I tried so hard when I was using to prove that I was like this know-it-all, you know, I thought I knew everything. I, um, I just tried so hard to not show a crack. Do you know what I mean? It was, yeah, I wanted to be this perfect person because I was a drunk, right? So I had to be, mm-hmm. I had to look like I was doing something perfect, I guess. Yeah. Right. So I was like, oh, my God, I just um, I'm so pleased with the fact that we have the ability in recovery, whether it be, you know, the newer version of my recovery early on and learning these things and still falling and tripping. And, you know, because I went through a lot of periods in my life where I was pounding my chest and, you know, I am sober woman, hear me roar kind of stuff, you know, and it took me a lot of, you know, a lot of years to just come to peace with everything. And, and that was surrendering to, um, to, to not being perfect, to not, uh, there was so much of it. There's, you know, I think that we use because of our imperfections, right? We, we feel unworthy. We feel like all of those feelings, right? And I think once you get sober, all of those things just don't stop. You still want to, you're still trying to prove that you're something because that's why you drank in the first place. But over time and tons of surrender and tons of humility and tons of humbleness, you learn a better way. You know what I mean? Yep. Yes, I do. And, and, you know, there's a line in A Course in Miracles, and that is, would you rather be right or would you rather be happy? And I'd rather be happy all the time mm-hmm. because trying to be right has caused so many, like, call it a traffic jam within my body. You know, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't work for me. It, you know, it's kind of like that line in the second step of Alcoholics Anonymous or maybe even Narcotics Anonymous where it says, you know, the minute I let go and stop fighting and allowed the grace of God and, and, and the idea of a higher power to just enter me, that's what it says in step two because it's, you know, yeah. came to believe in, a, in ourselves to restore us to sanity. But the minute I let go and stop fighting, right, 
Yeah. What? Amazing. <laughs> it doesn't okay, last so long. <laughs> no, well, no, you know, it's, um, but that's the thing, because that is the part of our humanness. Our humanness, yeah. you know, we have to embrace the spiritual aspect of ourselves. We can, and it's just, it's just a constant duality. And it's okay. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really dancy. It's like, you know, it's like that beautiful word that I love about guidance. God, you and I dance. You know, because God's there, but but so am I. <laughs> All right. the humanness. So it's a yeah. constant balance act, right? Right? It is. Yeah, it is. And you get a little better, right? <laughs> little by little, we get a little bit better at it. Yes, we do. We've gotten a lot better at it, you know, because my whole day is turned around now. You know, it's, uh, yeah. let's see, 16 at night, and I'm at total peace. I'm having a wonderful conversation with um, uh, one of my best friends. Uh, I'm about to hear from this wonderful, delightful person, Morgan, you know, who's part of Alumni in Recovery and she just brings so many gifts to the table. And and we've had the opportunity to be, you know, um, uh, brought into Hercules' world so we can speak to hopefully somebody will hear this message and say, really? That's awesome. Maybe that can work for me, too. Yeah. It's so, you know, I think the best part of, you know, that you are so right. That is so true. Such a great way to just have a conversation. And, and at the same time, I think, you know, we, I think I need to hear myself say these things sometimes, you know what I mean? Out loud and to you, like you and I do this a lot. Um, and, but to put it out there to the universe, I think, and on these podcasts, then I, I think it's really important because I, I think that the key to all of this is our humanness and knowing that none of us are perfect and that these tools that are given to us are ways in which we can manage a life, right? I mean, to think between, you know, you and I both are in 30 years in sobriety, Right. And we, we don't have the surrender thing down. We have lots of things that on a daily basis we go back and redo and, and, and start over. And I think that's, and, but yet I, you know, but we embrace it. Do you know what I mean? I love it. Yeah, I love it. I, yeah, I love it. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm just really grateful that we get to show up and, and just, you know, yeah. have, just be a part of this and, um, and, and really, for anybody out there, you know, you know, I'm happy. You know, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. I have a great life. I have yeah. so many incredibly joyful things that I can embrace and be a part of. And I know I've, I know that there's a purpose for me in this world. And when I, when I was 26, I wasn't. I was a little. I wasn't really at that same space. You know, it looked mm-hmm. kind of good on the outside, but I really wasn't feeling that way on the inside. And, and, and just there is a life beyond your wildest dreams if you're, you know, just wondering if maybe, maybe you might have an issue with alcohol or substances. You're not, you know, you're just kind of wondering and you don't know what it would be like to live without it. Well, you know, you can mm-hmm. always just test the waters and, and um, you know, um, maybe, maybe try like a, a meeting, you know, there's plenty of meetings on Zoom right now, like an alcohol yep. anonymous or product anonymous meeting, right, Cass? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great idea. Or, yeah. or um, Al-Anon, Families Anonymous, 
there's lots of different organizations that, you know, it's just, it's kind of a, it's a surrender point to like, you know, go into a meeting, you know, but it's, yeah. it's surrender to win. You know, it's, it's a great, once you open that door, you know, all sorts of glorious things can happen. I think that's the key, Nance. I think you hit it right on the head. It's like once you decide, and it's, and it's not always going to be perfect, but it's so much better than mm-hmm. our, best, our best day high, right, or drunk. It's so much better. And, uh, and I, I agree with you. I have, I have an amazing life, and my journey, I mean, it's full. It's wonderful. It's terrific. But I also know that, you know, it, everything is time, right? It, you know, it doesn't happen automatically. I was talking to my niece today and, you know, she's newly doing this again and, uh, and she was struggling, you know, she's trying to find employment that would be something she could do with a future, you know, and she has made a lot of mistakes because of addiction. And I just, you know, I, I watch her struggle, but yet she's, you know, she knows if she just stays sober and just continues to follow this path, that the promises are there. That it will happen. All of it will happen. It's just, uh, you know, sometimes we have to take a couple of hits, you know, and and then we pick ourselves up and keep going. So, but it, but I'm telling you, you, oh God, life is just amazing in sobriety. It's amazing the life you can have without substance. It's very much true. And you know what? Mm-hmm. We're so blessed because we have Morgan to talk about what it's like to be young and, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, and uh, staying sober a day at a time uh, as a young mm-hmm. person. And uh, maybe some of the things that she kind of can struggle with, but, you know, has been, you know, experiencing within her sobriety as well. Awesome. It's exciting. <laughs> what do you think, Morgan? Let's... Let's bring her on. I'm here. <laughs> can you guys hear me okay? Yep. Yep. We can hear you. Okay. Perfect. All right. So, hi, guys. I'm Morgan. Um, I have, I actually I can check my board, 985 days sober today. So, I'm going on 1,000 days. Very exciting. Um, but it wasn't an easy path to get here. Um, that's what I'm here to talk about. I'm just looking at the time so I don't lose track. Um, so basically let's, let's see. I, first of all, I'm so, so thankful that Nancy asked me to talk, um, tonight. I love, like, I'm trying to just get more comfortable with talking about my story. And I mean, the topic of surrender, I mean, (laughs) you'll, you'll soon realize when I'm um, telling my story, like why this, uh, this word specifically is just so powerful to me and like um important to me in my life um the first time I ever drank was when I was 15 years old um you know I kind of just thought it was like a rite of passage I'm in high school I get to drink now I get to like smoke I get to do whatever um it was fine it was like thing um I always recognized that I wanted more and that I was always chasing like I wasn't drinking to drink I was drinking to get drunk um, and like, I didn't understand what the difference was and I didn't understand like what people just drink to drink, like they enjoy it <laughs> like that much to just be able to do it. Like, I didn't really get that whole thing because I was too busy chasing like that high. Um, so fast forward through high school. I mean, I had, I, w- I was in an abuse, verbally abusive relationship. 
Um, I was bullied. I was called cow and unmuda in the hallways. So that just kind of led to, like you guys were saying before, um, insecurities and <laughs> just things that I was constantly trying to cover up. And I was tr- constantly trying to make up for it. Like it, it was almost like, oh, I get drunk and I don't feel like I'm like everyone's calling me a uh, cow. Anyone's mooing at me. Everyone's at least thinking of me as a drunk girl. Like, I mean, as terrible as that is, that's how like addict brains uh, like tend to think. It's just, it's not, it doesn't really make sense, but it does make sense to like the addict who's thinking it. So, I mean, that's all that matters in the moment. Um in high school, I was, I didn't really do any, I, I was more of a drinker than doing drugs. Um, I tried Molly my junior year of high school. Um, I overdosed and ended up in the hospital um, between that and alcohol. Um, it was, I was like extremely dehydrated at the time. I was on lithium for my mental health um, issues and yeah, just a recipe for disaster. And I didn't take that as like a reason to stop drinking. I, continue to drink I, I took that as a reason not to do molly anymore which wasn't necessarily like the takeaway from that situation that I should have gotten but fast forward um senior year was a lot of drinking um I think that there there's a huge like thing that goes along with like um high school seniors and drinking it just feels like oh I'm a senior in high school I have to go to parties I have to drink and I almost felt like if I didn't go to parties and I didn't drink, that I was like a loser and I'm home and everyone else is posting on Instagram. And that's, I mean, that's part of a huge part of um, like anxiety and uh, like bullying and stuff. A lot of it was on social media. So it's like silently, <laughs> silently struggling. Cause you see people like there was like anonymous things where people were talking about me, calling me cow and like, you know, just seeing those things. And it just kind of fed. And I, I was just, drinking to you know get through this last year of high school um so to the end of the year um it was the night before graduation and they were having like a movie night for all the seniors which was like super nice um but a lot of people drank before um including myself and three of my friends and we were definitely <laughs> um drinking more than the other people there um these three people also still currently struggle with addiction. So, I, I mean, I didn't realize at the time. Um, and basically, we got caught for drinking on school property. Um, a whole bunch of stuff went down to get to that point. Um, my friend left me, like my girlfriend who was with me at the time. It was us and these two guys. And she le- she ran home. She acted like she was in bed the entire night. Um, so she kind of just left me, and I had to walk back to, like, um, the school, uh, my guidance counselor basically called me. She's like, you have to come back um, or else, like, they're going to find, like, I don't know. She was, she was threatening a lot of stuff. She's like, you're, you're going to get arrested. Like, you're drinking on school property. Um, so I had to, like, walk back in front of my whole grade, um, get handcuffed, read my rights, sit in the back of a police car in front of, like, my whole grade was watching. And, like, I went to Riverdale High School in, like, Riverdale, New Jersey. And it's just, like, that's not something that normally happens. Um, and it was, like, humiliating. Um and just to, like, bring it further, um, I didn't get to walk at my graduation the next day. Um, we had to lie to my grandparents. Um, and, like, I didn't think I was going to get to that point either. I had no idea that I was even going to, like, live to be able to graduate high school. Like, I was kind of living just, like, you know, week by week. Um, so it, it was embarrassing. We had to lie, say it was raining or that it was too hot. I forgot what it was. Um, but that kind of just led into 
after high school being a little bit of a nightmare for myself and like my family. Um, I ended up in an abusive relationship um, for like three years. Um, I was physically abused and um, I would take drugs to not be present. So that's when I started taking um, like benzodiazepines and um, that's when I just, that's when the pull pill portion of my, uh, of my addiction came in. And then that started mixing with alcoholism because that's alcohol is my drug of choice. It's like, I would always do other things when I was drunk. Um, but my, at the time he would feed me drugs and he would, um, most of the times when he would take benzodiazepines, his drug of choice, he would hit me. So he, um, financially abused me. He would say, um, He'd be like, well, when I take Percocet, I, I love you more, and I'm and I'm nicer to you, and I want to like cuddle you and whatever. And when I take like Xanax, like I want to hit you. So like, which one should should we like do? And like, in more like drug world, that was more expensive. But I was so scared of him that I like put myself in debt with my parents because I was buying us um, painkillers instead of uh, Xanax bars because I didn't want to be hit. So I kind of have to pick my battles some nights and like, I just, sometimes I didn't have enough money. And like, as sad as that sounds, like that was life and that was life for like a while. And, um, long story short, I eventually got him to go into rehab. And once he went into rehab, the PTSD hit hard. (laughs) Um, I'd have like, I'd have nightmares of him under my car. I'd have nightmares of of, you know, you name it, I'd, I'd replay things in my head. Um, and my addiction spiraled. Like, I didn't think that it could go any further, um, but I was wrong. So, like, same reasons why I sent him to rehab, I then became that person. And so I started hiding these things from him. Um, I was trying to be, we had a very toxic relationship. I was trying to be supportive of him in rehab at first. Um, even when he came home, I tried to just be friendly because I was scared of him. Um, and I was doing a lot of drugs. I was like gone for like three days at a time. I was high asking my parents for money for drugs. I was getting picked up at my family's house. Like um, I remember a father's day I got picked up because I just needed cocaine. I needed it. And so I asked my parents for money for it. And I don't even remember this, but, um, it was just, you know, it's, I think about it now and like, I'm nothing like that. Um, but I was at that point. And that soon, very, very soon, it was, it was like two months of just pure, um, pure, like addiction, anything that I can get, I would do. And like any, you know, as much as I could drink, I would drink. I knew when all the liquor stores opened, I'd be there at 7am. I'd pay in coins. It was not (laughs) a good time. Um, And basically once my ex was home, he, my mistakes, and my decisions with drugs caught up to me. He figured it out. I thought that, like, no one's figured out. I thought I was hiding it oh so well, um, especially from him. And it caught up to me. And he gave me, like, a phone call of, life, of a lifetime. I'll never, like, forget it. Um, he said some terrible things. Granted, I was in the wrong um, for, like, what I had done. Um, but he said a lot of things. And he was an abusive person. He knew, you know the power of his words on me. Um, and after we hung up from that phone call, um, I took an entire bottle of sleeping pills. Um, I was just, I was done. I was humiliated. I was 
beyond, I was like, he's going to ruin my life. He's going to like, he's going to kill me. He's going to like, I, I was, I was terrified. I, of myself, of like what was going to happen. Um, and basically long story short, I, I ended up, I, I ended up laughing out at a certain point, but I contacted my mom. She ended up calling the police and I was okay. I didn't have to get my stomach pumped. I was like nodding off, but they like just kept saying like keep your eyes open more than like keep your eyes open and in that hospital room I saw my mom's face and my mom's face is what like in that in that emergency room my mom's face is the reason why I got sober um I didn't know that at the time but my mom's face watching me nodding out as the nurses are saying like we're gonna put a tube down your throat if you keep doing this and like me crying you know it was just not something that you want to like ever experience with your mom um, and I, I just, I can picture it in my head, you know? Um, so I ended up going into not a rehab, but, um, a mental hospital. Um, I didn't want to go to a rehab. I was very persistent about that. I wasn't as honest as I should have been about um, my drinking and stuff. I kind of, I was scared of rehabs. I've never been in a rehab. I was, I was scared of them from what I had heard from um, my ex who was in and out of them. Um, so I went to like Ramapo Ridge, it's a, a psychiatric hospital. Um, and I, I was there for three or four days, like not a long time. Um, I, and, and just like realized what I had done in a safe scenario. So like, obviously I was being watched, I was being um, monitored. Um, and I wrote a lot and I just kept writing and I kept writing my feelings and I was reading a book at the time and I was highlighting things. I was underlining things. Um, I wasn't really into being social with anyone because I just, like, was so humiliated. I didn't want to talk about why I was there. Um, but the moment that I decided that I was going to stop drinking, um, it was, like, a bad day. I remember I was upset because my dad didn't come to visit. And it was just, like, minor. He was working. But, like, you know, you're such, in such a sensitive place. And I, I was coming down from I don't even know um, what drugs at the time I had a very rough last weekend um, of drinking prior and um, like in, in I've been hospitalized a few times and every single time um, they ha always have like a religious group come in and like try to talk to you ask if you want um, if you want like the priest to come and like reach you or you know like whatever you want um, and I was like no I'm okay like whatever I was very like questionable with um believing in anything honestly because I was trying to believe in myself and I couldn't I was like I'm not trusting anyone except for myself going forward blah 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 and like I was even like questionable about trusting God and like now it seems like insane because I have so much faith in the universe now um but speaking of faith um when these people came to my room um I talked to them brief and they gave me like a pamphlet with just like motivational quotes um from the bible from religious like leaders you know just like something to read so because i said that i was reading a lot so this this girl like gave me the pamphlet and while reading through it i was like okay okay i've seen this quote i've heard this quote blah, blah 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 um and then i read um a quote that really stuck with me and um i actually have it pulled up so i don't ruin <laughs> so i don't mess it up um when you come to the edge of all the light, you know, and are about to step off into the darkness of the unknown, faith is knowing one of two things will happen. There will be something solid to stand on, or you will be taught how to fly. And boy, I learned how to fly. 
Um, August 12th, 2018 was the last time I drank. I went to meetings, um, not in the beginning, um, on my 100th day sober, actually, was my first AA meeting. I was very, um, I'm a very independent person. I was very, uh, I was very, like, stubborn and just wanted to, like, do it by myself. Um, I'm a Capricorn. I'm <laughs> for anyone who knows um, anything about astrology, I'm the definition of a Capricorn. I wanted to do it all by myself, but that wasn't, I mean, I just, I couldn't. Um, and life kind of told me that. So I was, I got my life together with school, kicked my butt. I got into a nursing program. Um, and I was super excited about it. I was supposed to start it in two weeks and, um, I had to go for an ultrasound in my neck. Um, it was December 21st, 2018. So I was four months sober, um, right before Christmas. Um, and I went for an ultrasound like the week before December 21st. So I, I'm can't, not doing the math. And then so the following week, they were like, yeah, just come back for a biopsy. And like me, not like really paying attention to anything or wanting to take anything seriously, gosh, being in denial, just went and was like, whatever. And like the biopsy was terrible. And um, before I even got home from the biopsy, I got a call telling me that I had thyroid cancer. Um, and that just changed my perspective on everything. Like in that moment, um, I completely believe in miracles um totally like on accident not planned um this was like already in in the works um I actually got my my well I said I was gonna say puppy she's not a puppy anymore and I got my dog Tally that night and if I had not had that um that like already planned I don't want to know what that night would have looked like it was a Friday so it was a Friday night probably could have found someone who was willing to have me break my sobriety. I was four months in. I don't, I don't want to, I don't like thinking about it because it, that's not what happened. Um, and instead I got my giant fluffy puppy <laughs> is like my savior um, in many ways. Um, but from that point on, basically I, um, I wanted to make the nursing program work, but I went to talk to the head of the nursing program and they were like, um, like we're all about health. <laughs> healthcare, we know that we should not let you do, like, we cannot rightfully let you do cancer and this nursing program. It's going to be really hard. And I was so pissed. I was so mad. Like, oh my God, I got my whole life together for this. Like, this is what happens when I get my whole life together. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I was, I was so mad. And like, sometimes I still do get mad because it feels like it's unfair. And um, two surgeries later, um, that was 2019, I had two surgeries that year. Um, I still stand sober and I sometimes I'm like, I don't know how I got here. Um, but I somehow did. And when I like for thyroid cancer surgery, it's like cutting your neck open. I was at first, like, I don't want any pain pills. I don't want anything like that. Like I'm going to just ride it out. Was not able to ride it out. And I felt this impending guilt about taking any pain medicine, even though my mom was like, she had written out schedule. She was um, handling it, um, whatever, any time, like at the time I couldn't really eat, my throat was swollen. Um, I'd eat like mashed potatoes and like, <laughs> that was it. Cause I didn't, my throat was like closed. And, uh, basically I would, if I did take, if I admitted that I was in enough pain <laughs> that I needed it and I was very like stubborn and hard, hard on myself, harder than I probably should have been, um, about telling my mom that I needed like 
something to take the edge off. Um, I like felt this guilt because I didn't have enough food in my stomach and I would feel, I wouldn't feel high, but I would feel it. And like for anybody who is listening, who, who might like have had a similar situation um, in which like you have to take a medicine that you used to be addicted to um, after you're already sober, like it's a hard thing. And it's like a very, like, I like even struggle to admit to people like other people um, in recovery that I even took pain medicine, but like, I don't know why I was hiding it because I'm, you know, I got my throat cut open. Like I have every reason to like need um, something to help me. So like, like you guys were saying before about surrender, like I had to surrender to that situation completely and I didn't want to. And I still have days where it's like, I do not want to do this. Like this is, um, this is not fair. Um, I still have cancer (laughs) currently, but I have put my faith into the universe. I, um, decided during quarantine I wanted to become a yoga instructor um it helped me feel better physically after surgery um also spiritually my neck was like my enemy so connecting my mind to body um literally through my throat chakra my neck I did a lot of like throat chakra work um it like seemed like that part of my body was just like needed to like take control on it um so like now I'm everything's falling into place I got super involved with alumni recovery, um, the Black Poster Project. I like started my yoga business and I'm getting opportunities. And it's all for the right reasons. And like, it's just like, like you guys are saying before, it's just like rewarding. And like, like, it's just, it's so nice to know that like I'm here and like here is like the possible because sometimes when I stray away from like this point right now, like me talking about my story and feeling so hopeful and like, strong and powerful like I can take myself back to this moment and remind myself like this is totally accessible to you at any um at any moment um so I guess like my big takeaway is like I totally agree on this whole surrendering thing it's like a self-surrender that you just got to do you got to admit you're powerless um to your addiction but not only to your addiction but there's just so many things out of your control in life and you know you just have to accept it and that's that's what you really have to surrender to because you can't you can't control what happens to you you can only control how you react so um thank you i hope i think that was 15-ish minutes hope i didn't talk too long no 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 thank you thank you thank you morgan i um of course oh there were so many different things that, that you touched upon. First of all, oh, I mean, for all, I know what it's like because I, um, I was picked on when I was in middle school, and, and I can't even imagine what it would be like to be picked on, like, um, on social media. Oh, gosh. I mean, I know there's all sorts of mental health issues around that, and, you know, um, you know young people really struggling with that. And, but, um but that's just, um, I, I can totally identify with that. And I, I also um, was like what you were saying about I could only trust myself and, um, mm-hmm. and uh, that, that, you know, so, but, but the thing was is that, you know what, I wasn't too thrilled with myself for the most part. So trusting myself kind of was kind of sad mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I, it finally boiled down to I really had to surrender and ask for help from others. And, um, and, and it was the best thing I ever did. So I, I really appreciate those points. And also as a nurse, 
And um, I will stress this to all people out there that, you know, um, and, and even from my own um, surgical things that I've had done surgically, you know, pain medication is okay for those few days when you've had major surgery. I mean, they give, you know, that actually taken as prescribed and having somebody involved with your care is, is okay. It's just a matter of, you know, being wary of where you're at and not pushing yourself and, you know, making yourself do too much afterwards, you know, uh, which might require you to have to take more just to function. Now, that's the tricky part. You know, no, no, no. You know, be careful with that. And, and it's really just major surgery is major surgery, folks. But it's always good to have people in our loop that, you know, when we are in recovery to help us, you know, manage our care, you know, after those couple days. And uh, that's a good message to get out there. And, uh, you know, I love you. And I um, <clears throat> I pray for your good health every day because you do a lot of amazing good for the world. So many ways. So many ways. Thank you. Thank you for <laughs> And that's all I have to share. I'm, I'm sure Kathy would like to share. I, <laughs> I actually do. First, I just wanted to say that, um, I, uh, you're a brave girl, Morgan, and, uh, and impressive and I'm in awe and, uh, I'm proud of you. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot to be a young person and get sober. Um, but I think, uh, there's so many parts of your story that I identified being your age and having the same part of my story, you know? Um, and like Nancy said, the bullying, I think, you know what, there's so much of that that goes on. You don't even realize it, you know, mm-hmm. but the fact that, um, I think the, what speaks volumes is that you took things that are heavy. This is like, you're going through a lot of stuff and you're mm-hmm. working through the good of it. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. you can only do that sober, I think. I don't know if anyone uh, that uses can actually be as successful at what you're doing right now, um, you know, on a substance. I think that um, it speaks volumes about your character. And, uh, and yes, Nancy says all the time that you're the most amazing young person. Mm-hmm. And you do so much. But what I, I have to tell you, just one thing that, and I'll, I'll be quiet, but I think my, uh, what I loved is how you connected your mind, body, spirit um, with yoga and deciding that that was an avenue that you thought would be important um, during this process. It, you know, you're, you're just, you're leaps and bounds over where I was at 26 years old. <laughs> and, uh, and I think it's amazing. And you have got a wonderful journey ahead of you. It's exciting. I thank you mm-hmm. so much for sharing your story. And I'm so thank glad you. that you made the decision to to take care of yourself. You know what I mean? And to mm-hmm. know that you're worthy and know that you're important and valuable. Um, that's the hardest part of being a young person that was bullied and abused, you know, and so many. Mm-hmm. It's how you have come through. Kudos to you, young lady, and uh, I'm really proud of you. I think it's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I often think, like, how would things have gone if I hadn't gotten sober? Like, it would have been a totally different story talking here today. But, you know, Mm -hmm. things fall how they do, and it's all for a reason. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Sure. Thank you. Do you have anything you want to ask, Hercules? 
I know you know. No, no, no. I'm, I'm amazed. That's a, that's a powerful uh, story. And uh, I wish you the greatest uh, success. Thank you. <laughs> you know, yeah, I've, I've more, I feel like I can touch upon everything and I want to use it for good, not for like misery. It's like, I can be really miserable. If I really tried, I, I mean, I don't really have to try very hard. If I let myself sulk, I could sulk. But like, I, I, it's just like, it's, there's no use. Like, yes, things, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh my God, I love how my life is. But like, at the same time, I do love how my life is because it's my life and I'm alive. So I could have had yeah. a worse cancer handed to me. So I, I'll take what I can get. You know, uh, Morgan uh, mentioned some of the things that she's involved in, and um, and it was shortly after uh, her surgery that she got involved with Alumni in Recovery's um, Black Poster Project, which, you know, popped up. Um, Dee Gillen created this, you know, ability for us to go do uh, walkthroughs in the park, you know, socially distanced to view lives lost to addiction on poster boards and with little storyboards attached to them about who they were, um, you know, something that their family had written about them. And it's a, it's a lovely display. And uh, Morgan has, well, she's been doing a lot of things, but during, I remember her coming to, the first one we did, it was in Haworth, New Jersey. And mm-hmm. it was, uh, well, it was, it was, in August, it was her first one that she did, and uh, Morgan showed up, and you know, and and you were still just recovering, Morgan, and you were I was like, sweating. You, got, you were sweating, and you were worried about getting hot because, with good reason, you know, uh, with with you know, uh, thyroid surgery, absolutely. But sure enough, here's Morgan. She made these wonderful poster boards. She's holding them up for cars to to stop and come see the Black Poster Project. And she didn't stop and um, falter once in that whole couple months that we were doing the Black Poster Project. She showed up for so many, and she did so much in, in support of the Black Poster Project for the public and um, in setting up and, and manning the table. And, uh, and you know, and she's a, a wonderful alumni and recovery participant. And, um, and folks, you can come meet Morgan. <laughs> That's the Black Poster Project. A meet and summer. greet. <laughs> I can tell you more in person. That's right. There is um, just so people know, we have um, our alumni in recovery um, website, which is www.alumniinrecovery.org, and it is linked to the Black Poster Project's website. So you could go on alumni in recovery and just link into the Black Poster Project from there. Although, if you want a schedule or want more information about either of our organizations, you could also go to www.theblackposterproject.com, and the whole schedule is there as well. And while we're in COVID, we have been doing what we call our Community Thursdays, which is every second and fourth Thursday, we have a virtual event that people can come on free of charge to hear locals speak openly about substance use disorder, about the disease process of addiction, about losing their loved ones. And we also collaborate with different treatment resources. Last night we did, um, the, we were with the Bergen County Prosecutor's Office. And uh, Morgan has created, she's also a graphic artist, 
and she's created the most lovely PowerPoint presentations for the Black Post, excuse me, for the Community Thursday events. And um, so just so people know, these are all found either, like I said, the website, but also our Facebook page, Alumni in Recovery's Facebook page. And also, because we're still on it, Kathy and I have started a podcast, too. And we have actual episodes. Yay! I know. Can you believe it? Actually, that Morgan manages our our. She created a, a Facebook page for us and an Instagram page, and she posts um, our episodes. You know, to watch. You know, um, not to watch. Excuse me. Staying to listen busy. To. She's so busy, and, and she's a nanny too. But and she has a yoga business. Um, she's like, you know, take your oxygen mask, put it on first before administering others. But you know, she knows I tell her that all the time. But I have to tell myself that, too. So it's like talking to a mirror. Um, but at the same time, just saying, you know, we have lots of different avenues and platforms. Rise and Recover is available for people if they'd like to listen to us on um, uh, Google Play. We're on Apple. We are on um, Spotify. And, um, and we're also on every uh, Friday, not every Friday, but one Friday a month with Hercules on the Elsium Project, which is yeah. wonderful. And last Last but not least, I'm going to plug Morgan's yoga. Can I plug your yoga? Please, of course. Please <laughs> plug Morgan's yoga. Come on. Yoga is the answer to everything. <laughs> it really she does. She does the most lovely yoga. Um, she does it virtually, and she also does it in um, River Edge at the park. Uh, and she'll tell you about that, but it's uh, Morgan Kennedy yoga. Okay. There. I've said my pitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, good I, job, I do, Nancy. Do it all. Thank you, Nancy. But I've taken her yoga class. It's really well. It's so relaxing and it's great hip opener stuff, folks. You didn't <laughs> know. I'm gonna go on a yoga rant real quick for anybody who's sitting in a chair right now. You should stretch your hips out. That's where you hold the big stuff. So, if you wanna stretch your hips, you might have some good emotional releases where we hold all of our like trauma and big stuff so like I'm always stretching my hips personally <laughs> um you know all I have some small stuff that I hold in my like shoulders and neck but the big stuff my hips so go and stretch your hips everyone <laughs> that's my uh take on everything it's a great message it's a great message and this is all goes yeah. hand in hand with what uh Hercules offers on the Elsium project and please feel free to uh, promote all of these wonderful things on my uh, timeline, which has around 5,000 people there, uh, and in the uh, Tenafly Mayor's Wellness Campaign Group or, you know, any other place where I have some activity because uh, they're wonderful things oh, and people awesome. should be able to uh, find them easily. Thank you. We will, we will do that. Thank you. Definitely. And thanks to everybody. This was uh, incredibly awesome. Uh, Nancy and Kathy, you know how awesome I think you are. So you're phenomenally awesome to me. And uh, Morgan, thank you for your generosity again and sharing your story, your bravery, and for your very positive outlook. You're going through a lot and uh, going through a lot, and you have a very positive outlook, and, and that's inspiring. So thank you for that. Thank you. And, you know and thank you for having us. Yeah. Last but not least, Morgan, you have, you have to speak for Kathy and me on Rise and Recover too. Every, <laughs> everyone, we're gonna have you. We're gonna have you speak. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, I totally am totally down for that. But yes, everyone should go check it out. It's all so relatable. They talk about COVID and sobriety, talk about, you know, just in general, just being sober right now during this time or just in general in life and what like the reality of it is, because sometimes people don't want to talk honestly about it. But us at Alumni and Recovery, we do. So check out the podcast. And yes, I'd love to be on it. Love to talk. Awesome. And thanks to everybody who joins us from home, whether you called in, whether you're listening live through your computer, or whether you'll be checking out the show later on. Um, Olympian blessings on all of you who've joined us on tonight's adventure. Now go forth and create a better world, one filled with light and love. On behalf of Mount Olympus and Alumni in Recovery, may all your journeys uh, be joyous. Uh, take care, everybody. Thanks Bye. so much, Thank Hercules. you. Have a great Bye. weekend. Bye. You too. Thank, Thank you, too. Hombre